Welcome to Leading Behind the Scene. I'm your host, Gwendolyn Young, the go-to business and operations consultant for six-figure CEOs who are ready to greet their next level of growth. And I'm ready to share tools, strategies, and tips to help you excel in your business and your life. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, be sure to join me each Thursday. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And don't forget to follow the show on your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. And if you love the content, leave me a rate and review. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? So I am super excited. For those of you who might be tuning in for the first time, I am Gwendolyn Young. I am here with you from your virtual admin expert. And welcome to Leading from Behind the Scenes. Last week, I introduced you to Kyla Graham, who is a CPA. She talked to us about things that nonprofits should keep doing, things that they need to stop doing, but most importantly, about how they need to connect their money to their mission. And so she dropped a lot of gems. If you didn't get to see that episode, make sure you circle back and watch the replay. This week, I have the pleasure of showcasing Mrs. Juanita Ingram, who is one of my favorite people. And my mommy even loves her. So y'all know she's special. And the feeling uh, is mutual. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Juanita is an attorney. She's an author. She's an actress. She's an international beauty queen who just happens to be an international expat as well. I mean, she has a shoe named after her, y'all. It's called the Nita Shoe, and it helps to raise funds for Dress for Success Greater London. So you have to go to her website. I am Juanita Ingram, and check it out. It's so pretty, and it's nice and sparkly just like her. She has founded not one, but two Dress for Success affiliate organizations, one in the UK in London, one here in the US in Tennessee, Chattanooga, where she is originally from. And if that were not enough to keep her busy, she is also the founder and president of Purpose Productions, a nonprofit that focuses on positive media content for women. So child, can you say boss, lady for real so thank you oh my gosh so Juanita you and I actually met through Upwork and so for all those people who keep asking if Upwork is worth it in my opinion absolutely I mean I have met some of my best clients on Upwork and quite a few of them are actually still with me today And so at that time, this was back in 2014, Juanita was looking for a consultant to help kind of create a strategy for the relaunch of Dress for Success Greater London. And so she invited me to submit a proposal, which I did. And here we are six years later. Can you believe it? I know. It's kind of crazy. And it did all start on Upwork. And I mean, when you talk about team and tribe, some of the best people that I've ever worked with, you included has been through Upwork. I mean, it is an amazing platform for freelancers. So much talent and it just connects you with people. So I love it. 
I love it as well. So I think that's a great point. So before we jump into talking about like your entrepreneur journey and how mm -hmm. we work together, I would really like for you to share like why you decided to use Upwork. What were you looking for in the person you wanted to work with? Because I think this is important because there's a lot of newbies, freelancers, contractors who are trying to position themselves to attract the right type of clients on these type of platforms. Yes, so I decided to use um, Upwork because one, most of the time, unless you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, it is so hard to get quality services, uh, whether it's freelance, whether it's through a company. And unless someone can vouch for that person or you hear it word of mouth, you just don't know who to go to. And then if you're just starting out with an endeavor, and just starting out with either a business or you you don't know where to look. You may not even know what you need. Yeah. I think for Upwork, you know, I can type in graphic designer and then all of these different services will pull up and then I can read what someone is even able to offer. But it is a way to connect you with qualified individuals that you may not otherwise be able to come across. Maybe your network, you know, as an attorney, my network didn't consist of nonprofit strategist. Okay. <laughs> you know? um, I had clients who had nonprofits, but they were using strategists themselves, but I didn't necessarily have virtual assistants and business strategists in my Rolodex, so to speak, readily available to me. And certainly not a variety that I could put out a proposal to. And then also because my background is in procurement law and supply chain, I was used to the procurement process where okay. you go out, submit a proposal, people come back and bid. And I knew the value that that process gave because it really does allow you to see a variety of different people with a different level of skill set, different yeah. repertoire of things that they can offer you. But if you don't go through that, I look at it as a, an individualized procurement process okay. that you can engage in, that you can tailor to your own needs without having to necessarily, you know, going out to market. What does that even mean to a small business owner? So right. unless you're in a conference or you're networking with other people, that's all fine and great. But what about the fact that you need something right now? Exactly. So, yeah. So until you go out to the conference and you build up your network of people, and even if you meet them, that doesn't mean that you want to work with them. So I love the fact that there are reviews out there of other people um, and they allow people to leave an honest review. And so you really can tailor the services that you need. You meet great people that become a part of your tribe like you. That's how you build a, a business and a team. Yes. You mentioned something really important about being able to look at the reviews, because I think a lot of people don't realize the review process on that platform is anonymous. Like the person can't see what you're writing or typing until it's already published. And yes. so I think a lot of times people think like the reviews and stuff might be fake or that they've been kind of altered but you don't even get to see it until it's posted. So you're literally like, okay, you just yeah. got to do your best on that project and make sure that you had a great connection with your clients so that you're not even concerned when that review gets posted. So exactly. I think that's the thing people really need to know. Yeah. And it's not like Amazon where you can have a friend go out and buy a book and write something. No, these are verified um, services and contracts or services that have been done. Yes. They've been verified through the process and there's no faking it. 
and you're right, it is it's anonymous. You don't necessarily see it and you don't have any input on it and you can't go back and revise it. There's no refute or reply to it. It is what it is. Yeah, I, I think it emphasizes the importance of the relationship. Yes. In the engagement. Absolutely. And it is an honest review because people will write honest things. They'll be like, you know, I like them as a person, but they don't deliver on time. Or they deliver on time, but their English is not that great. It's hard to communicate with them. Very open, very honest. So you can really choose, like, you know, maybe I don't mind if this person doesn't speak English that well because I'm just having them do, you know, a Canva graphic design and I don't need to communicate. Yes. Whereas for one of my books, my editor came from Upwork. And so, you know, yeah. So it was critical that we be able to communicate well. And she's probably one of the most talented editors I've ever worked with. And I've referred her on to many people, but she and I met on Upworks. Okay. I'm going to have to get her 411 when we get off the Yes, absolutely. Um, So I don't know if I've ever told you this, but there are like three key things that I have really learned and really taken notes on working with you. Mm. And so um, one is that you really treasure relationships. Like Mm -hmm. I've really noticed that about you. You are loyal, oh my gosh, to the people that you work with and that are in your tribe. And you've never allowed people to put you in a box and say, you can only do this. So I really want to dig into like each of these. So tell me, why are you so big on relationships? Because I mean, you like literally moved your entire life to another country when Mm -hmm. one of your link sisters called you and said she needed some support over in the UK. So Mm -hmm. like, why? Like, why did you do that? (laughs) Well, and, and here's the thing. So when she called me, we were already there. Okay. And that was one of the reasons why she called me because she knew. It's funny because the week before we moved there, I just so happened to have lunch with her. Um, she was in Indianapolis. That's where we were living before we moved. And I was at a lunch with her because the Lynx were having a lunch with her. And I just so happened to mention, she asked me, you know, what do you have up? And I'm like, yeah, I'm about to relocate to a whole nother country. Um, <laughs> and she and I connected and she gave me a mentor going over because she's an attorney too. This is the, the worldwide CEO of Dress for Success, who is a phenomenal woman, phenomenal yes. person. I admire her so much on so many levels. And it's just the kind of person that she is. Like just not even a second thought, oh, you're moving somewhere. Oh, well, let me give you some guidance on how to navigate that. Let me let you talk to somebody. But she's an attorney. I'm an attorney. She gave me another mentor who was over in the UK. You know, and it sort of dovetails into your third point about not being in the box. Well, until that point, I kind of been a little boxed in, I, you know, and there are seasons to everything. Yes. So in that season, I had only concentrated on just being an attorney and a mom and a wife and all these other things. And, you know, uh, some other things, but not outside of a box. And so it was new for me. And she knew that but we connected in that way. But then when she called me, she was like, I have a favor to ask. And I'm like, OK, you must be coming over. You need a place to stay. My doors are always open. And she was like, you know, I need you to restart this business. And part of the background of what happened, I'm big on relationships because I'm big on women supporting other women. And I just know that none of us succeeds in a bubble. I didn't, you know, and if it hadn't been for wonderful, phenomenal people, um, mentors, women, just people in my life, I think relationships matter so much because you don't 
succeed without them. I really am a firm believer that life is all about relationships. I mean, if it weren't for our relationship, I'm not sure the Dress for Success London or Chattanooga would have happened. You can't do it all by yourself. That is just not a reality. So um, I think it started for me with family. I come from a very small, tight-knit family unit. Uh, It's just my sister and I. My mom had one brother. You know, my grandmother came from a family of seven. But we would all get together. And I've always been like that. Even in high school, I had a very small close-knit group of friends. I've never been one that needed like 100 friends or 50, even though I have like, you know, 10,000 followers here and 13,000 followers on this. I don't really thrive off of big circles and big groups. I thrive off of quality relationships. And I've seen how it can change the trajectory of your whole world with just one phone call, one person, being willing to do something to help. I've done that for other people. And you don't know, it may be small to you, but it can be critical to somebody else that just needs that extra help or that extra support. And sometimes we don't have it because we don't ask for it. So I foster relationships where I have no shame at texting you at two in the morning, like, (laughs) help. No, and if I don't have that kind of relationship where I can text at two in the morning because it's up wrecking my brain and I know it's only two in the afternoon for you. If that help me text feels uncomfortable, then what would I do? You know, so I have to be around people and with people that I feel comfortable crying out for help uh, because we all need to do that. We do. And I think it's so important for people to understand like that power of relationships. Cause one of the things I always said was like, I don't ever want to assume. So I'm like, let me just ask her, what do you need? And like, if there's a period of time that goes and I don't hear from you, I'm like, what you doing? You need some help. And you'd be like, Oh my God, you text me at the right time. And so mm-hmm. we have to make sure that like, we're doing those, those check-ins as well with our clients. Like I love yeah. my client relationships because they're so honest, first of all, like we just get to be who we are. People don't realize we'll be on a WhatsApp or a video or something at two in the morning with head scarves to be like, girl, mm-hmm. look. Because I, I tell you, you don't get 2 a.m. Juanita, okay? This is not 2 a.m. Juanita. 2 a.m. Juanita is different. You've seen her. She's different. You yes. don't get 2 a.m. Juanita. Yeah. <laughs> So I think you try where I see you just like go back to them all the time for projects. So mm-hmm. what was it that kept you coming back to me? Like, let me call Gwendolyn because I'm getting ready to work on X, Y, and Z. Oh, gosh, everything. I think your execution is phenomenal. Your knowledge base, your skill set. This is the biggest thing. You do everything you say you're going to do. Everything. I don't have to ask three or four times. I don't have to follow up. I don't have to, you know, wonder if it's going to be great or phenomenal and it's always something that I could not do and in that sense I mean it's such a value add because it's not like you know some people especially when you get into virtual assistants it's like they're like glorified scribners like really all they're doing is really just taking down your thoughts and writing I'm like I can type you know but no it is not that it is true strategy it is true thinking beyond okay here's the problem that I need a solution to Here's what we are facing. Here's what we have to overcome. I think the word even virtual administrative assistance and all that, I think it's so limited because it really is like business strategy solutions. 
that are beyond just the, okay, I need this document type. No, you develop the content, the strategy, the thought. You have such a breadth of experience in business development that you bring in concepts and ideas and solutions that I would either not be aware of, have not thought of, because you cannot think about everything. You can't, two minds are better than one for my skill set, for my experiences. It's great to bring all that to the table. And then it's like, you bring all of yours to the table too. You're not just coming to the table, taking my stuff and saying, okay, well, let me put this in a nice package or formulate. No, this is real, like partnership on business, true strategy, true execution and reliable time sensitive, you know, things. And and you won't commit to something that you can't do if it's, you give honest timelines. Like, look, I have this going on, this going on and this deadline, and this is what I can do. Or if it is an emergency, you will drop everything and say, I got you. And when you say, I got you, you, you have me. I sleep better when I hand stuff over to you. I'm like, great. I know that's going to get done. And I literally stop thinking about it. And that's a blessing to be able to stop thinking about it. Because if you have like me and you have 15 things that you need problem solving. Yes. And out of that 15, 13 of them, I can only do myself. If I offload two of them, you really want to offload them. Yeah. And everybody, you can't do that to. And I, I love everybody that I work with, but sometimes I do have people that I work with that are great, but who still require me to think. Mm. And once I brain dump and download it, that really was all the thought that I had. <laughs> that, was all, that was all I had to give. You know, and people that I work with sometimes that still like, some of the simplest things and sometimes complex things is still more in holding. I literally hand it over and release yes. it. And you don't know how much of a blessing that is to be able to hand something over and then the peace that is exchanged. It's almost like casting my worry onto you, my concerns. You said it's a very spiritual experience yes. of being able to just say, here you go and know that what you're going to get back is going to be like everything you asked for could have imagined times 10 and plus some and everything that you didn't even know that you needed that part too. And, and on time and quality and the document is going to be prettier than what you could have ever done. Pretty, (laughs) You know, it's going to be nice. We got to do something with this. Like we can't just send it in like this. Right. You were the the architect of pretty documents in my life. Like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) So appreciate that because that is the whole reason like I get up in the morning. Like it's the whole reason I went into this business was like, Mm -hmm. how do I make the people that I support and work with? How do I make their lives easier every morning? That's the goal. How do I make their lives easier today? Like what can I remove? What can I just knock out the part? And that partnership that that you talked about is so important. And I think for, you know, for any VAs or contractors, freelancers, whatever Mm -hmm. that are listening, like you have to partner with your clients. It's one of the things that I do. Like, I don't just come in like, okay, give me your task. Let me go do what you ask. Like I am fully invested in your business, your success. And that is so important for us as entrepreneurs, clients, supporters, you know, us virtual support pros to be invested in the client's business, because I don't know if we can truly really serve 
from you know, a deep place if we don't have that in mind. If it's just like, oh, well, you know, I'm just trying to make a dollar versus how can I really help them be successful? It's two completely different mindsets. And it's yes. so important for us to be able to make that shift. And so that's what I try to tell, you know, anybody that's like, well, how did you do it? What did you do? I'm like, I really love working with my clients. I'm always thinking about, I'd be like, what we doing? Yes. Well, and, and that's the thing is like, you take the time to understand our business, you know? And I think that's a, a key differentiating factor also is that, um, and I go back to this phrase all the time, just being beyond a glorified scrivener because attorneys have a tendency of doing that. Like we'll have clients sometimes that need a contract or need some kind of, you know, document or service. And if you don't understand and take the time to really understand the nature of what it is that they really do, you will give, them a document or something that's written and you became a glorified scribe where you just writing stuff down that's oh not really tailored to what it is that they need and you make your client think and I know it sounds crazy but when you are a small business or a business owner you already think so much and have to think yeah. about so much that it is such a breath of fresh air and such a relief to know that like I said to the point where I can process think download that's yes. where I can stop with it. And working with you is not going to make me or require me to think harder. It will enable me to think less. It will enable me to offload and walk away and really let you take it. And a lot of people don't do that. I've worked with some people that I'm just like, you know, if I was going to have to do all this thinking, I'm just <laughs> may as well just do it myself. Like I've just had this whole conversation I can tell you it's a difference between sharing my information about my problem that I need a solution versus telling you how to solve it and then and then you're just a glorified partner you just you're just out and you just go and and write down what I just said or do what I just said as opposed to really being a solution provider that person that thinks about what it is that you need when you didn't even know that that's what you need I honestly like there is no way that I will work with anybody else. So when we were getting ready to start with Dress for Success Chattanooga, I was like, first of all, I don't know why it is that so many people, it's, it's very hard for them to get what we do, you know, and like yeah, to really yeah. understand it and get yeah. it. And you did out the gate, but because we have that working relationship and you took the time to really invest and understand exactly what we do and how we do it, it was a no brainer. Like, of course, Chattanooga, it won't happen if she's not there, you know, because the history is there, the time that you yes. took to invest and understand what it is that we do. And that is not just for that one business, but even for purpose production. I mean, you have plans for purpose that are beyond <laughs> the plans that I even had. Even last time we talked, you were like, now look, now, you know, we were supposed to do this and you know, we still have to do it. I'm like, you're right. That is my vision. <laughs> Like she just told me my whole vision. Yes, that's right. But it's like you get invested and not only hold us to task, there's a system in place. I, when I think about having a problem in my back, my mind, I'm like, I bet you Gwendolyn got a system for that. She got a system that's going to solve all of that. Like she's got a solution for that. If we need anything system related or that database related or, you know, some kind of operational aspect of what it is that we need interfacing with clients you will have a solution to it. And it's not just 
the solution to the problem that you thought you had or just that problem, but then also ideas and things that are outside of the box that are different. And, you know, it's just um, a relief. It's, It's a difference between working with somebody that brings a sense of relief as opposed to, okay, I'm working with this person, but I know that I can give them 60% of it and 40%, I'm gonna have to help them care. Yeah. And with you is I can give a hundred percent of this and I don't have to touch it again. I don't have to care it again, except for to look at it and say, oh man, this is amazing. Thank you. And that is a blessing. And that is rare. And I, I think more service providers and regardless of the service, more attorneys need to be able to do that. Mm. <laughs> you know, it is anything in service that is the difference between a service provider and a business partner. And I think you partner with businesses. That's what you do. Oh, I love that. I'm going to be just smiling all night, y'all. I just want y'all to know that. So let's talk about how did you break out the box and go from attorney to author to actress? Like, how did you do that? And then you did something I think that was amazing that a lot of people struggle with. You were actually able to kind of bridge them all as part of Mm -hmm. your brand. So Mm -hmm. how did you do that? Because I actually had, um, there's a young lady that's in one of my mastermind programs and Mm -hmm. she has a virtual assistant business, but she also does some modeling on the side. And so, you know, what would you say to her? How did you make that shift and what advice would you give to them? Sure. So that twofold. First, being outside of the box or or going outside of the box and actually doing it. How did I do it? One, I think your purpose is what it is. Mm. So you could try to fight your purpose. Other people can try to fight your purpose. But what you were here to do, (laughs) because, you know, my knee jerk answer was, how did I do it violently? Get out the box. But I was like, don't go there yet. Don't do that because you know, everybody doesn't know me. Um, so, uh, and when I say violently, I don't mean like actual violence, but it is a fight and a struggle sometimes, not only with yourself, where you start first um, and giving yourself permission to be all that God called you to be. Mm-hmm. And that you have to start there because if you don't really, really, really commit to giving yourself permission, when other people come, to whittle away at that permission, to whittle away your purpose. I mean, I have been- they coming. Oh, they're coming. Because your audacity to rise above the mediocrity of life, it makes people feel uncomfortable and they will project their stuff onto you. It is inevitable. I always have books inside of me and I'm big on seasons. So you don't have to live outside of a box every season, 24 seven of your life. That's all the good. time. That's good. It is a season for everything. I did not do all of these things at one time. I tell people all the time, what you are looking at even right now is a snapshot of a culmination mm. of 18 years. I've been a lawyer for 18 years. I know people don't believe that because you know, black gun crap. And um, she doesn't look at <laughs> but I have I have been practicing law for 18 years. Now I went straight through undergrad. So I was an attorney by the age of 24, 25. Nobody plateaus in life, you know, at that age. So of course there will be other things and you can perfect. And I'm always developing my legal skill set, you know, me as an attorney. Mm-hmm. But the way I make the analogy, God gives us all a highway to drive down. You may have a two lane or a three lane highway. I may have a five lane highway, but it's our path 
is our highway. Your highway does not have to look like mine. I don't have to have three lanes just because you do. You don't have to have five because I do. God gives us all. And if I swerve in all my five lanes, that's what I'm built to do. He gave me the ability to do that. The problem is that so often people get intimidated. Your path, your boldness makes them feel some kind of way because it's a reflection on, well, she did it. Why didn't I do that? You know, and instead of being inspired, you know, it, it frustrates me sometimes because people will look at other women doing things or other people achieving certain things and get intimidated, jealous, yeah. envious, judgmental. And why does she have to do all these things instead of seeing that and truly being inspired, not being deflated, like, wow, she did all that. I could never do that. That's not the narrative. And that's their own stuff. So one is about seasons, doing everything in the right season at the right time. At one point in time, especially when I was a new mom, it was all that I could do to get up, go to my lab and be a new mother and shower. I counted showering every day as an accomplishment. And it was. And so <laughs> some days, some seasons in your life, that is really where you are with things. And it's okay. I have been there too. What you are seeing right now, somebody has a 12 and a 10 year old that's fully functional. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this for a while. I'm not doing this with a nine month old baby. I'm not. I didn't write all of these books at once. I wrote them in certain seasons. So when I stopped practicing law and had to move to the UK and had to reevaluate, okay, who am I as a person beyond just what I do? Who am I? Not just what do I do? Then it became a situation of, okay, I had all these books inside of me, didn't have time to write them before. Took a pause, they all poured out. The children's book, Winning with Christ, Beauty for Ashes, you know, all of these things poured out. And then I developed the process of knowing how to do a hybrid publishing with a publishing company and being self-published. It's a process. All of this didn't happen yesterday. It didn't happen a year ago. It didn't happen all at the same time. So knowing that you can do things at certain seasons, I was not Miss World International in my first pageant. You know, you're looking at somebody who's done pageants now for 13 years. <laughs> you know, it's a combination of things. It's not a snapshot. So don't let somebody snapshot make you feel intimidated or inferior. Now, if you took that and felt inferior, that is your own stuff and you need to deal with that. But don't feel intimidated or inferior. When I went to Mrs. World in 2011, I mean, every woman there, 60-something contestants, every woman there was a doctor, lawyer, or Indian chief. And I mean that literally. I have never been around a group of women that were so accomplished. There was one woman who was a doctor who flew planes and delivered blankets to orphans in Africa in her spare time. I'm talking about women like that, where I looked at them and said, wait a minute, what? Wow. <laughs> But I never felt intimidated being in that room. I felt extremely inspired. And there was this one woman, I won't say her name because I, I don't want to embarrass her. She inspired me so much. She was fabulous. It's very rare that I would be like, oh, this person can beat me in a pageant. Honey, hands down, I give it to her. Like she was everything. And I never felt intimidated. I was just like, oh my gosh. And she was such a nice person. She got so much hate at that pageant. That's why I won't say her name. because so she knows her experience. And she got hated on so bad at that pageant. Who those girls were mean to her? Women. I said, because this is Mrs., right? 
they were so mean to her, but it was an intimidation factor. Me, I was just like, this person is everything. Did you see her <laughs> shoes and her lashes and her wardrobe? Yes. And she had published a children's book. I hadn't written any of my books. And in that moment, I didn't get like envious or in my mind, I was like, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? You know, these books are inside of you. And in seeing her, it inspired me. And out of that connection, and she and I connected many times over after that, she came to London, we hung out. We are great, great friends. Because I, I was probably one of the only women that was nice. To Everybody wasn't that. She's fabulous now. Talk about owning the room. She's just a wonderful person. So inspirational. And I think sometimes we can look at other women and get intimidated mm-hmm. instead of getting inspired. And you can either get intimidated or inspired. The choice is yours. And if you are the person that is either intimidating or inspiring, the choices that other people make to do with that is not your business. It's not your problem. It's hard not to internalize that because there are people, I remember the first time I started back acting. I started acting when I was nine. I adulted, you know, decided I wanted to go and because I wanted to be a lawyer too. My mother is a musician. My mother was in the arts. So she was the one who really pushed us. I played five instruments growing up. I was in theater. You know, my mom was the RC kind and my dad was a CFO. So I blame them totally for this left brain, right brain thing I have going on. That's all their fault. They should have chose why, you know, but I love it because uh, I get to use my whole brain all the time. But when I started back acting in, in London, I had a group of women that I was friends with who were also expats. And I remember one day in their kitchen, because we would do soul food Sundays and we would rotate around houses um, and we would host these dinners and everything. And it was beautiful. I had just finished my first feature film. And I actually had went on to get nominated for a Best Actress Award with the British Urban Film Festival. Yes. For that role, which I didn't even see coming. Because it was my first feature film. I didn't really think that I was that good. As an actor, you, you never think you're that good. I still don't. But I, and I probably never will, which is a good thing. But I was in the kitchen. and they were preparing food and this one woman turned around to me and started berating me for acting, berating me. And I mean berating. I like ugly, like, why would you do that? I don't think your husband would ever want to see you on the screen with another man because I played someone's wife. So I played lead character's wife. Now, mind you, in the world of the arts, as Black women, as Black actresses, most of us have to start out taking whatever we can. And a lot of us start out the prostitute, the crackhead, the stripper. Those are our The other woman. The The chick, the other chick, (laughs) the the chick with the attitude all the time. No, I was his wife. I was an attorney and I was his wife. You know, I helped him start this business. But it's a wonderful film. Black director, writer, producer. I mean, it was up for best picture with the British Urban Film Festival at that, that following year wonderful opportunity. I auditioned. I didn't know anybody. You know, I saw the the casting call. I went down and auditioned, got the role. It is a unique blessing and a testimony in of itself that I was even in the room. But instead of seeing that, she was just like, you know, you shouldn't do this. You're going, it's an embarrassment. Um, I would never want to do this. You're a little bit old to start this. I was 35 at the time. She was like, you're a little old to start. Oh, she gave it to me in front of all those women. I mean, she let me have it in the name of 
I'm trying to give you advice. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying yes, to, you know, that part. Yes. And she was like, you know, did you have to kiss on screen? And I'm like, well, I'm his wife. Like, a, have a good day, honey. But I'm an actress. It's what actors do. And she was like, well, did you have to take an AIDS test? I'm like, for a closed mouth kiss? First of all, note to self, you're not going to be in charge of any of the sex ed classes at the school. That's first, okay? You're, you're off the PTA committee for that. You're not, you're not going to be able to, to participate in that as first. <laughs> like, what? I mean, it was a berating and a humiliation that, an attempted humiliation that I will never forget. Yeah. But it was her own stuff. It was probably that she wanted to do certain things in her life and it put them to the back burner, felt like they were unachievable, unattainable. And so later that year when I got nominated for Best Actress, because I mean, she left me feeling like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, really humiliating. Like it was a circle of women around me. Like, this is bad. You shouldn't be doing it. It was bad. But I know I'm not the only person that goes to. Sometimes it's the people that are closest to you because they're the only ones that have access to you, to your dreams, to your hopes, to your, you know, your outside of the box. And yeah. they're the ones that sometimes you have to, you know, tell, I love you. I appreciate what you're saying, but I'm not going to internalize this. And what, what stopped it when I really could articulate to people, please don't find yourself on the wrong side of God's purpose for me. Mm, before, I was ever, before I was ever your friend, your sister, your cousin, your whatever. That's good. I was his. So don't fight his purpose in my life because you're fighting him. And I don't fight those battles. He does. And he doesn't take kindly to people trying to undermine what he's trying to do. And so I think sometimes people don't really see it as, oh my gosh, I'm anti-purpose, anti-God in this person's life when they are trying to be so controlling over what it is as though you didn't praise God. God didn't give you the vision. It's my part. So why would he share that with you? He's not talking to you about me like that. And sometimes, you know, heaven forbid it's our spouse and you have to tell someone, you know, because I've had friends that that's the case and you have to tell them, hey, have you prayed? Because God should be talking to you about what he's doing in my life. And and is that thus saith the Lord or is that thus saith And without talking to me, that's the part that always trips me out is when people come with the, well, you know, I prayed about it. And, and the Lord said, and I'm like, right. And the Lord said, and I'm like, well, you know, I do talk to him as well. And right. he ain't well, and told me even, yet. And, and biblically, that's not even how prophecy works. He will confirm a thing through someone. That's it. That and part. The revelation is not through them. The revelation is directly to you and confirmed through them. If he hasn't downloaded that to me, you might've had a great dream or you might've <laughs> ate lasagna too late at night. Or you might have been projecting your own stuff onto me. And that happens so often. But that's when you have to go back to what God said to you and have the tenacity to hold on to it. No matter what someone else says, no matter what someone else whispers in your ear, behind your back, around you, in front of you, on the phone, whatever the case may be. And I'll be honest, sometimes it hurts. Like you'll have that experience oh, when people will yes. say something and like it will cut you to the core and to like core. completely disturb. And you'd be like, what just happened? Because I did not see that coming. Oh yeah, and especially and, when people, if it's something that they didn't see coming from you, 
I don't really get this from people who have known me my entire life. Like if they knew me in childhood or they knew me as a child, they know your heart. They know your intention behind it. They know. Well, and they knew me when I was in theater and they knew me when I was in the band and they knew me when I was drum major and playing five. They knew that breath. So it's no surprise. It's no surprise to people that have known me since I was two years old. But for people who may have like met me in college, like I was the smart person and I went to law school. They're like, who is this after person? You know, and and because they built the box, it's mm-hmm. their box. You shouldn't really have a box. You should have right. a sphere, you know, a bowl. The things can be poured into this open on the top. You should have a bowl. You should not have a box because boxes have edges and limits and lids and bowls. You just pour into it because God, it says he wakes up and gives us new blessings renewed every single day. He decides what season your talents show up in, what seasons they manifest in, the timing that you're allowed to tap into those things that are revealed to you that you didn't even know that you should pursue. I always knew that I could act. I always wanted to. I always loved it. I wasn't always focused on it. I just wasn't. It wasn't the season. But I think that sometimes people, when they meet you and they see you in a snapshot and they think that they really know you, I think all of us have to be mindful to always think about the fact that God knew this person and knows this person way better than you do. So how dare us stand in the way of whatever God is doing in somebody else's life. Now, that's not to say that we, if someone is taking a a path that we feel like, you know, that's not the wisest choice. It's a difference between giving wise counsel and discouraging. And it's a place that you come from. It's a difference. You can give your opinion without discouraging somebody. You can give wise counsel to say, you know, have you thought about this? Or I invite you to explore certain things, but you don't have a right to unless it's your child and they're underage, I have a right to tell my children, go study. This is what you're going to do. (laughs) But if they're not your child, then ultimately they're God's child. And God is telling them, go study, go do this. This is what you're going to do. That they're God's child, not yours. Oh my gosh. This has been amazing. (laughs) Basically, we are just having our regular time to talk and we've just invited y'all in because this is what we do we can just talk forever so before we go what are some of the challenges you are facing right now as ceo wife mother Mm -hmm. um you know you have all these ventures going on and how can i support you in that oh gosh well you already are i mean you know that it's like obviously COVID 19 has Mm. thrown a wrench and you know uh, made things challenging, yes, but also requiring us to be very flexible, very nimble. And we thought we knew how to think outside the box before. And it's funny because I was talking to somebody here that was here in Taiwan when they were going through SARS. And they were talking about during that time that you either shrank and disappeared and became defeated or the level of innovation that came out of that time frame. So it's either a time when you shrink or you innovate. And so I think as we have launched Dress for Success Chattanooga virtually, which you were critical in that, just continuing to help us and to help myself to think outside of the box, to innovate. You already have 
a task. You've got it to do this already. But I think, you know, just continuing to do what it is that you do when we come to you with problems and issues, obviously navigating in this virtual platform and this virtual world and all of us thinking virtually. But see, I've been having to do that for so long because, yeah, because I live in, in different continents and I live in different places and then run businesses in different places. So I, you know, this concept of remote living and working is not foreign to me. I think it was very foreign to other people, but technology was not foreign to me. I'm kind of relieved and glad so I can stop hearing it. You know, like, how are you? Why are you? Why would you still do this in London and you're living in this place? It's no big deal now. Praise God. You know, I'm just like, great. We can all get on some virtual platforms and at like Zoom exists. Your virtual support in this virtual new world for some, um, expanded world for others. Yes. Is a great blessing and a great help. And just continuing to be you is all that we need. (laughs) Amen. And that I can do, that I can handle. (laughs) So, wow. I told you guys this was going to be so good and so much fun. Like we have so much fun every single time that we get on. If you enjoyed this, which I know you did, I would love for you to share it with anybody that you know needs to hear these gems that were dropped. Let us know what your key takeaways were from tonight. If you have any questions, any tips or experiences you want to share, be sure to share them. If you have questions for Juanita, I will be sure to pass those on to her so that she can answer them and we'll get her responses. Be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Your Admin Expert. Subscribe to the email list at Your Virtual Admin an expert so you can get more tips, tools, strategies. I send out something every single week. Be sure to follow Juanita on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at I am Juanita Ingram. And be sure to visit her website at I am Juanita Ingram.com and purchase her latest ebook, Peace Over Panic. It's only $5, so don't trip. And she donates it to charity. So make sure that you guys do that and check out those shoes. I will see you guys again next week for another session of Leading Behind the Scenes and another special guest. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Leading Behind the Scenes. I hope you found some encouragement or helpful information today to help move your business and or your life forward. If you have a specific topic you'd like me to talk about or guests you'd like me to have on the show, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. I love connecting with my listeners. Also, be sure to follow the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave me a rating review. I'll see you next week.